people will die. Starting tonight. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Film Frequency, where we discuss movies, TV, whatever the fuck pops up. Uh, this week we are discussing Joker, and we have the lovely Miss Tommy Dearest is in the building. What's going on? Hey. <laughs> How you been? I've been wonderful, thank you. Been wonderful. I, I can't complain. I've been all right. I'm alive. We got to start there, right? That's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> that is. It's just, yeah, it's, I've been, yeah, I've been tired. It's been a lot of shit going on. Um, I work too hard. I need to slow down sometimes, but I don't know how to. That's all right. You gotta work hard. That is true. But yeah, so we are here to discuss the Joker. Um, Before we actually get into talking about the movie, have you heard like what Scorsese and Coppola had to say like about Marvel films? I know you're a huge Marvel film fan like me, so I wanted to get your opinion on that. What do you think about it? Um, I well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um. In some ways, I agree. You know, you want some some more substance to movies nowadays than just the superhero thing. Um, but I think there's probably a little jealousy to that, that they are dominating the box offices left and right. Yeah. But people want to see. But I think that's really why the Joker movie was so different. It's not your typical comic book movie. It's not, it's not a superhero movie at all. They could have totally not been about the Joker and been an excellent movie. So. Yeah. Um, and you see a lot of nods to Scorsese in this film. So mm-hmm. maybe he will shut up now. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it, it's just, it was just weird timing, like considering that this has had just came out and it's like, this is so heavily influenced by Scorsese and his work. And it's like, you, right. th- this is the time you pick to, to shit on comic book movies. But right. yeah, I just, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Um, mm-hmm. But Joker, the film, I don't know. There's a lot to start off with here. So, like, I guess just overall thoughts about the movie after you first left. Have you only seen it the one time? I've seen it twice. Have you only seen it the one time? Seen it twice. Okay. Yeah. It it's, twice. You ha- it's one of those movies you have to see multiple times, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, going into it, I already knew that Joaquin was going to give a hell of a performance because it's Joaquin Phoenix, and you already expect that from him. I wasn't expecting the whole movie to be basically a cinematic masterpiece if you ask me um and 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 kudos to todd phillips because he's known for comedies and i was i said okay todd phillips is directing this it's gonna be it's gonna be a little something different than what Mm -hmm. we're looking for but um it was different in a good way it really it really blew my mind it shocked me so he did an excellent job on this um and I think, you know, this is the first time we see the Joker as a sympathetic character. You know, he's always just the big bad. He has one agenda. You already know what he's going for to torment Batman and people of Gotham City. But um, this was a different take, a different angle, and it really made you feel for him. So I loved it from beginning to end. Yeah, me too. It, it, it Like, yeah, Joaquin is just a, a masterful actor. Um <laughs> 
he's he's an amazing actor. And like you said, with Todd Phillips, I almost compare this kind of like with Jordan Peele. When he did Get Out, nobody really expected that from him. They thought like comedy, and it's a completely different like whole vibe from the movie. And the fact that he was able to crack because it's not just even about the um the the performance by Joaquin Phoenix. It's like the whole world that they set this in and the tone of the movie was beautiful. Um. And yeah, the fact that they took Joker this route because Joker is one of those characters who a in the comics is funny because they're doing the whole the three different Joker storyline. Are you reading the comics right now with Batman? Uh, which is yeah. which is crazy, but uh, I, I won't even get into that because I can nerd out on that. But uh, the, the like the fact that they actually made him an unreliable narrator in this mm-hmm. movie by mm-hmm. the way that they there's certain scenes that play out, um, and then you find out that. That's not how it went down. He, he, we were just seeing it from like what was going on in his mind. It's just such an interesting take on the Joker. I think that um, I would love to see this Joker come actually up against Batman because we really only got a few scenes of him being the Joker and like the one, right. in the, the one in the house uh, when the other clowns, uh, the people he used to work with, showed up and he killed the one guy was a mm-hmm. great Joker scene. It was a great. It was probably the only scene in the movie where it was like. It was a a Joker from the comic scene, but it just this is it's just such a great movie, and I can geek out on it all day long. It was great. Do you think we're gonna? <laughs> and I know they said like originally it was supposed to be one off, no sequel. They came out and said Robert P- Patterson's Batman is not gonna come up against this Joker, but it's it's gonna make close to a billion dollars. Do you think they're gonna change that and try to weave this in to the Batman movie at this point? See, the, as a fan of the movie, I want to see more, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't want them to try to integrate that and then just mess up the whole vibe because yeah. I could totally see it going left and I really don't want it ruined. <laughs> so I'm happy to have it as a standalone, but if they want to, you know, put him up against Robert Pattinson's Batman, then they really have to do it right. Like yeah. it could, it could really go wrong in so many ways that I'm scared to see them to try to do that. I would think it's if they really do that, they have to sad. let Todd Phillips direct it. Yes, they have to. Yes, because I, I just can't see anybody else getting it right. Um, this is uh, this is the most Joker we've seen on screen. Uh, because you know, um. Jack Nicholson was the Joker. I think I I did some research on this. Uh, He was the Joker. He was in like 40 minutes of that movie. Heath Ledger was actually in less than 30 minutes of The Dark Knight. Uh, Jared Leto was in like 10 minutes of Suicide Squad. We get a Joker film in which he's in every scene of the movie. So I guess my first question to you is, do you think this is the best Joker? Does Heath Ledger... I don't even know if Heath Ledger's your number. He, he was my number one before this. Is Joaquin now your number one Joker? Joaquin is definitely my number one Joker. Okay. But I think it's like comparing apples to oranges. It was it is two different Jokers to yeah. me. Um, they're the Joker, but they're not the same Joker. In my mind, I like to think that Joaquin's Joker was around first. He inspired the movement and then little Heath Ledger Joker grew up and started to emulate some of the things that he saw from past Joker from the 70s and 80s. Um, that's just how I like to play it out in my mind. <laughs> but they're two different, two different, com- completely two different characters. Um, but uh, Joaquin knocked it out of the park and he's definitely my favorite now because it was more shining the light on mental illness than just this crazy terrorist running around Gotham City, you know? He was a real, like I said, sympathetic character. You were rooting for him yeah. throughout this movie, you know, not rooting for Batman. Um, 
I've always been impartial to the Joker anyway, so for Batman, this is because, you know, I like to work mm-hmm. with the dark side, so that's yeah. all. But um, from beginning to end, you just felt sorry for everything that he did, and from right up to the point where he shot those first dudes on the train, you were like, about damn time. Yes, yeah. I'm with, I'm rooting for you, man. So I was always behind it. So I'm definitely, um, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Joaquin is my favorite Joker now, and I don't <laughs> I don't see how anybody can top him, but I said the same thing with Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker. I was like, you can't top that. You just yeah. can't, but he knocked it out of the park. So, he, hey. He did a great job, and I think that throughout the movie, they make you want to root. Like, you know, because this is the Joker, so we all know he's going to go bad, but they do a great job at, like, showing him the times you're like, oh, I hope he doesn't do it. I hope he doesn't do it. I kind of hope that he shoots them, but I hope he doesn't do it because I don't want to <laughs> see him turn evil. And he had such a, a traumatic life, and so I guess that's what we'll get into next. Like, what did you think about them throwing us for a loop they're trying to make it seem as if thomas wayne was his father because i was like if they do this and make batman and joker brothers fucking hats off to them because i would have never expected that but it kind of made sense with what they were doing what did you think about it even though it did it came out to be a lie what did you think i that was probably the one thing i didn't like about it um I thought it was an, an unnecessary plot twist. I mean, we already know the Joker is connected connected to Batman in the future. We don't need to make it a familial relationship. Um, I, you know, they tried to use that as the catalyst for him to kind of go over the edge, but I just didn't. I was like, that was unnecessary. We could have did anything else but try to pull the Wayne family into it. Um, and now we're going to have all these theories about how there's always been signs that the Joker and the Batman are related and blah, 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 because of this new angle they're taking. But it doesn't make any sense to me because if you follow the comic books, the series, the movie line, he's like 40 something years old in this film. Uh, Bruce Wayne is what? 10 maybe in this film. So there's a 30 year difference, whereas, you know, Batman and Joker have been going at it for years upon years upon years. They are closer in age and if we're following the comic book timeline and series and whatnot. So it made no sense. It just threw me for a loop. I was like, "Mm, that's not going to work because the Joker's going to be like 60 trying to battle Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay because in this movie he says at some point I think he's supposed to be 32 even though we know Joaquin Phoenix is a lot older than that so I think but even with that said him and Thomas Wayne look like they were the same age like it's so <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to be like mentally ill that makes you look a little bit aged so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so and w- one thing that was subtle in this movie that I want to talk about is if you look at him before he finally becomes the Joker, his, he's always hunched over. He has this weird stance. And and when he finally puts on that suit before heading to do his interview with Murray, doing that dancing down the stairs, he doesn't have that anymore. Like Joaquin, just the intricacies of his portrayal in this movie and just how that body language changed. It, it just lets you know how special this whole thing was because just something as simple as that adds so much depth to it because he finally felt like he was who he was supposed to be. So he's standing upright because he's proud of who he is. It's, it's crazy. Right. I picked up on that too. His, um, God, his body made me so uncomfortable. I know, right? It's like, Oh my God, <laughs> stop doing that. Yeah. It was something with like his shoulder. It was just weird. I, I just, it just made me so uncomfortable, but yeah, as soon as he kind of came to his own, like, you, you know, before he even says it, you realize the moment 
he's fully the Joker now as his body language changes, like his posture is straight up, he's confident, he's just, he's fully him now. So yeah. <laughs> I noticed that in the movie too. I was like, okay, this is about to get real now. You can see this change. <laughs> it was subtle, but you noticed it. So yeah, I really picked up on that. I liked it. There's not a, I mean, I could geek out on talking about the Joker all day. I've been just picking people's brains about it and it's either they love it or they hate it there's no in between yeah. they either really found it to be the best thing they've ever seen or they were completely disturbed and disappointed by it and it's funny so how in the outrage over it it's like we've had movies where the villains are portrayed as like sympathetic or they're the main character people having this whole worry that it's just going to turn into something crazy i don't get it like what do you think about the backlash this movie's gotten because it, to me Okay, yeah, he killed. He only killed what maybe three or four people in this movie. But even then, like you kind of understood in the story, we got John Wick who killed sixty people in one movie, and you're not worried about that turning into something. What? It, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it at all. What do you think about it? Um, I think the difference between okay, so we'll go back to John Wick as an example. He's like you know hitman, special forces, and all of that, and he's killing bad guys not regular people who do the same thing that people on the street now are doing to other mentally ill patients. So I think that's where their fear comes from, you know, saying they're seeing themselves in the characters that he has killed in the film, knowing that they have teased and tormented somebody before in the same situation. And their fear is that these people are going to get tired of being bullied and start turning on them. Um, just like he did in the movie, but that's just putting the mirror on America. This yeah. is you. This is what you're creating. He said it himself. What do you get when you? What did What did he say? What do you get when you uh, turn loose a mental patient? Whatever he said, and yeah. you know what he said. <laughs> get what you deserve. This is exactly the point. So that's what that's what they're scared of. Um, but they really just need to look at themselves. These, these are the demons and the monsters that you create. And I think the movie did a wonderful job of, of shining a light on that. Of the, you know, the mental, mental, uh, mentally ill people and the services that they are deserving of, but they're not getting due to stupid stuff like budget cuts and not allocating um, our funds to where, where they need to go to people who need these supports and services. So um, it did a really good job of shining the light, yeah, shining the light on what people need to see. They need to see themselves in these types of situations, and maybe they'll learn from them. So we don't have to worry about somebody who's mentally ill flipping out and starting treating people. Address the issue, and yeah. <laughs> we'll have these problems. And I think that's overall where people felt some type of way about it is because anytime like mental health is becoming more and more, it's more and more important to being placed on mental health and you know not feeling bad for needing to go and see someone but when you this is real stuff when like in the scene in which she's like well they're cutting our funding i can't see you anymore this that shit happens every day to somebody who's getting yeah. some type of assistance with with a mental health professional and yeah it's 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 not gonna i don't want to just paint it in light that it's all gonna go to the extremist joker but that aspect of it happens all the time and then you have someone who a has never been properly taught how to deal with things mentally because they're just not wired the same as us. I'm not going to say they're wired badly, but it's just different. People's brains and brain chemistry are differently and they don't know how to cope and process things the same way that many of us do. So you take that 
You turn that turn that person loose in the world, don't give them any support, any way to how to navigate, and the medication is expensive as hell. Mm-hmm. It's it's scary for them, much less us. So And even let's say even if the funds weren't cut and he still had his program, you see in the movie that the therapy sessions are not working. She's asking him the same questions yeah. over and over again and not really even taking into context what he's telling her. He's crying out for help. Like, yeah. I need you to listen to me. Give me some actual therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> help me to help myself. And it's these these, these kind of whack-ass social workers that you get who are really there just to collect their paycheck and give you the basic of the basic, the template that they've been told to read off to you, push you out of prescription, and move you on to the next person on the list. Yeah. Um, so it's not even just getting the funding and stop having these these resources cut off, but give them some actual resources that work. That's People true. who want to do the job that they've signed up for. Yeah. So it shine a lot on a lot of a lot of a lot of issues in America. But um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what what was what was your favorite scene in the movie? Um, I, probably the scene where uh, where the other two came to the apartment. Okay. He had his yeah. full, yeah. full on Joker moment. Um, it was it was dramatic. It was, it was a little bit of action there, but it still had a comedic moment with mm-hmm. <laughs> Oakway not being able to reach the lot. Yeah. So you had everything in that moment. That was that was one of my favorite scenes, definitely. Did you think he was gonna kill him in that scene? No, I knew I knew when they came in that he wasn't gonna kill him because he was the only one that was ever nice to him. He always had a good relationship with him. Um I knew he was going to get away, but I, <laughs> the whole chain lock thing, that was a yeah. shocker surprise to me. And it was just, it just made me bust out laughing. Um, I thought it was going to be maybe, you know, he killed him. He finished putting his makeup on. He walked on out the door, mind his business while, you know, little dude is just sitting there <laughs> shocked. And like, What's going on? <laughs> but that little last bit had me dying laughing. So that was my favorite scene. But yeah, I knew old boy was going to get it. As yeah. soon as he, he threw him under the bus about the gun, I was like, oh, yeah, you have to get it, homie. <laughs> Sooner or later, I was really uh, hoping he caught up with them boys from the beginning of the movie at some point in time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite scene, just because of the tension in it, is when he went on Mur- Murray's show. Because him sitting okay. there while he's getting, like, the moment he comes out there and he kisses that woman in the face, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is about to be really, really strange. Then while he's sitting there, and doing the interview and you just feel the tension building and Joker getting more and more frustrated with the questions and answering mm-hmm. it more adamantly and getting louder and then it all ca- culminates in him pulling out this gun and just shooting him right in his head and just the way that they played that with him shooting him and Robert Nero just sitting there with a gunshot wound to his head and Joker gets up and starts dan- it's just it's it was a, it was the other Joker scene in the movie and we it's all know perfect. well we know the the comic that, that was pulled from but right, it, it right. was it, it was great to see that movie that that uh moment played out and while well, kim just did it perfectly and then when he went up to the camera it was just like all right sign me up i need more <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one was pulled straight out the comic and they kind of combined that with the king of comedy scene yeah. uh from that film as well so that that was an excellent scene as well you're right that's probably that's probably my number two scene um but yeah you're right. that that whole moment is when he was kind of like fully fleshed out joker now i don't give a damn throw caution to the wind y'all gonna see me in all my glory and that was it 
Um, but then you also, you mentioned it earlier, how you don't really know what's reality or not. So did this really happen? <laughs> you know, did he really get hauled off in the police car and all his, his, his mob of people pulled him out and he did his whole bloody joker smile or has he been locked up in the institution this whole time? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a lot of that that you're kind of trying to figure out what's real and what's not. Uh, but I like the fact that you're kind of left wondering that because you still got to try to figure things out. Yeah, and, and one of the scenes I wanted to talk about was the scene with uh, Zazie Beetz's character. And they never say it in the movie. She does have a character. I think it's like Rachel or something. It's on mm-hmm. IMDb, but they never say her name in the movie. But mm-hmm. towards the as we're culminating, getting to the, the end of the movie, He's in her house and they've been showing scenes of them going on dates and everything. And it like they had this whole relationship and she's like, oh, you're author, right? You live down the hall with your mom and you realize every scene of them together was all made up in his mind from the first scene that he saw on the elevator when he did the gunshot thing to the head imitating her daughter. That whole relationship was fake after that point on. And then you start realizing, like, okay, what's real? What's not? And something just isn't quite right in his head. Um, do you think he killed her in that moment? Because we never see her again. He walks away. We hear sirens in the background, but we never see what she never see what happens to her character. You think he killed her? I don't think he killed her, and I don't think he killed her because he didn't kill little dude. You know, she never did anything wrong to him. Even when he was in her apartment, she was very calm with him. She was still nice and sweet to him. Um, you know, doing what she had to do to get this man out. But had she kind of gone off or something, then she might have not lasted. <laughs> but because of that, I don't think he killed her. Because um, even in his mind, he's had no other interaction with her other than in the elevator. But in his mind, that's still his woman. And she's been there for him in his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think that he killed her. Um, but I like the fact that they was wondering if that happened or not. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that brings a whole other element to it. But because he didn't kill, you know, the little dude, I think he didn't kill her either. Because he, he's really only going after people who have done him wrong or treat, mistreated him in some form or another. So I think, I think she made it out. I think she's okay. safe. Well, let's, but, hope so. uh, let's hope so. I did pick up on the fact that that whole relationship was fake, like really quickly, because she had on the same damn out damn outfit <laughs> every scene. Yeah. Her her head wrap may have changed a little bit, but it was still the same outfit. You know, that too, and like, <laughs> what black woman in America is gonna say, "Hey, were you stalking me?" And someone says yes, and it's like, "Oh, let's be best friends." Ain't there's no there's come on. No, <laughs> no. I think so. <laughs> and I guess uh, we'll get like towards the end of the movie. And you already mentioned it, so like we get the scene at the end of the movie with him in the asylum talking to a therapist. And er- very, I think it was like maybe the first scene in the movie while he's talking. They say, "Well, why were you locked up?" And he says, "It doesn't matter." And we get like a quick scene of him hitting his head against the glass and in the same asylum. So it kind of mm-hmm. makes you think: Has he really been in this asylum the whole time? Was this whole story just something he was thinking in his head? Where did you land on that? Do you think this actually happened or do you think this is just in his head? I don't know. I will, and I've been thinking about this so much because <laughs> I was watching something else and they were uh, kind of picking up on the fact that his outfits always matched the um, decor of the Arkham Asylum. So oh, wow. that kind of threw me off a little bit too. I was like, well, maybe this whole, everything has been made up the whole time. Or maybe, you know, some of it is 
him just telling the story and embellishing some of the things that he wanted it to be. Um, and then I'm still trying to figure out, did he kill her in the end? Because, you know, he walked off in bloody footprints, but yeah. that could also have been fantasy as well. So the, the the really great thing that they did with this movie is leaving you wondering what's real and what's not, and not giving you too many context clues to kind of figure out you know thinking okay I, I got it now this was part was real this part wasn't you really don't know from the beginning to the end you don't know what is factual what is fiction yeah i mean you kind of walk away and, you, and you, you're left guessing and that's those are some of the best movies is when you when you have something so much to think about after after the movie when you're leaving the movie you're like huh i wonder if i'm remembering that right and then the next time you see it, you're like oh i did it's 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 just it's a great movie and it's it's a great thing to leave you thinking on um but yeah any anything any other scenes anything you want to talk about before we go that we didn't get to touch on um well one thing that i we've seen the martha and thomas wayne killing so many times i'm so tired of those damn pearls like i'm so (laughs) (laughs) i am so over the pearls too um but what do you think about how they changed it up this time? Because which each one we see, it's a different way that they've been killed. Before, I think in the 1989 Batman, uh, it was the Joker himself who did the killing. And then um, in other ones, it was, you know, just some random robber. So now this is someone inspired by the Joker and he sees a clown kill his parents. So what did you think about that? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm just tired of seeing them die. Like at this point, we all know they die. Does it how they die really matter? Like in the grand scheme of things, I don't think that it does. I don't care if it's Joker who did it. I don't care if it's somebody inspired by the Joker. They die. The pearls drop on the ground. He stands there and looks like what the hell happened. I don't need to see it anymore. Like it's just it. And and I it, in such a great movie. And I hate to like roll my eyes. And then I get why they did it because they want to link it back and they want to make sure you know that this is got them the way that we know it but still some things are just understood at this point just like we didn't need to see uncle ben die anymore in the new spider-man movies we don't need to see the waynes die anymore or anything we know they die they got shot let's move on i could have really did without any fat band tie-ins for this entire movie i didn't need to see the waynes killed i didn't need to see thomas wayne try to be joker's daddy even though it was a we again we don't know if that was a lie or not because she says he made up the whole adoption thing but i think it really should have been just a standalone joker movie um i didn't need any bad references because we all know what's going to happen in the future (laughs) you know we we know that's coming we don't care (laughs) we'll get to that when we get to that um but they could have cut out all of the batman stuff and um, I'd have been 100% happy. Right now, I'm just like 99% happy, but I'd have been 100% happy if they cut out the Batman stuff. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like I said, I think it's excellent. He deserves all the Oscar nominations for this. He needs to win it. I mean, it was just an amazing film. It could have totally been just about a random dude named Arthur who's dealing with mental illness, nothing to do with the Joker, the character at all, and it would still been an excellent movie. But while JB wasn't able to make it, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into JB's thoughts so you can hear how he felt about Joker. And me and Tommy will be right back after this. What's going on, film family? It is your boy, the prodigal one, JB, here with a movie review of 
The Joker, an absolute masterpiece, Heath Ledger himself would be proud. From the music, to acting, to the cinematography, this movie was absolutely amazing. If you're expecting a typical superhero movie, this is not the one. It's a psychological thriller to the core. Joker strongly rivals The Dark Knight for DC's King of the Mountain. It's gritty, it's edgy, dark, and it will keep your jaw dropping. This movie starts slow telling Arthur's story and building sympathy, but with psychological twists at every single turn, it literally moves you to the edge of your seat. Joaquin Phoenix is absolutely phenomenal. This performance was Oscar worthy. His sanity slowly declines as mental illness and solitary causes his rage to increase. He totally embodies this role and joins the debate for best portrayal of the gesture of genocide. Todd Phillips as well, his screenplay, the direction, all of it adds to this movie like a cherry on a sundae. Now Joker's story is one of heartbreak and his own personal brand of redemption. It leaves you to ask the question, is he a villain or is this sympathetic character an actual hero? Contrary to the ratings and reviews from Rotten Tomatoes and many critics, for me, my humble opinion, Joker is an absolute masterclass and a movie I strongly recommend. I'm going ahead, I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10. It's that great. Go ahead and hit me up on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P1JB. Go ahead and hit me up. And I'm going to go ahead and send it back over to CEO Hayes to go ahead and wrap this one up. Peace. There you go. That's it. I got nothing left to add, too. I completely agree. It was, it was a great movie. I think everybody needs to see it. I think you need to go in with an open mind. And even if you're not a comic book movie fan, just it's it's very much like there, there are certain comic book movies that I say would be great if you took out the fact that they're linked to comic books. The Dark Knight, I think, would be a great just detective cop movie. Um, mm-hmm. If you take out Joker and Batman and just replace them with like a criminal and a, and a cop. Uh, uh, the Winter Soldier, I think, is a great just espionage movie. And then now this. I think these are the ones that they transcend the comic book genre. They're just great movies in general. So Yeah, absolutely. I would actually have really liked if they went that route and did it when nobody knew that he was going to be the Joker. Oh, and maybe be that like an end surprise. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been wonderful. Because just like everyone was up in arms about, um, what was it? Throw to Perdition. And they didn't know that that was yeah. a comic either been surprised you know you guys are down in comic book films but now you've got this oscar nominated film that is a comic book movie so they should have did that they should have been a surprise that would have been great like could you imagine if they would have just named this movie like the joke or the 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 last laugh or something something like that and then like they kept all the joker promotion out of it and then at the end he's like introduce me as the joker and it's just like what (laughs) the uproar in the theater (laughs) but that's it definitely gets to recommend uh on my part as well um i guess that's it go ahead and tell the people where they can follow you if they want to check you out you can check me out on instagram at tommy dearest that's it you guys know where you can follow me you can follow me at ceo hayes at ceo h-a-i-z-e that's been it we're out peace